Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into our Fearless Beer Review. Then we get into our vinyl pickups, pickups, and then we, that leads into our songs of the week. And then we finish it up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Um, you know, give us that five, those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please go do that. That would be awesome. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, we also have a voicemail. You can you, We have a number that you can leave a voicemail on. That phone number is 503-893-5307. You can also text us on that. We'll read them, listen to them, and uh, we'll talk about it on the pod. So if you want to get featured on the pod, do it. And uh, we haven't got anything for a few weeks. And uh, yeah, send us something because... We, uh, we need attention, and we need validation, so do that. Uh, let's uh, just jump right into our Fearless Beer Review, Jeff. What do you got? Oh, so I have had this before. I, um, I thought I never rated it on Untapped. That's really how I determine if I've had a beer or not. It's just Untapped. Makes sense. Makes sense. I, f- I forget. There's too many beers to keep track of. Um, but this, I got, I got Moosehead, Moosehead Lager. Ah, yes, yes. Moosehead Lager. Um, so I have had this before. I know I've had it before anyway, but I was <laughs> going to bring it again. I haven't had it in a long time. Um, friend of the pod, roommate Sloan, always buys them and drinks all of them. And I never do because, <laughs> I don't know, I, I only like Heineken Lights for my for my standard lagers. But I drink I drink the Mooseheads a lot, too, when I'm at your house. They're always here. It's, yeah, they're always there, and they're a solid <laughs> lager. And they're they're better than Coors Lights, so well, you know, well, they're better than Michelob well, Ultras. I I've been a lot more open to, or I've been going back to IPAs and getting into a lot more hazies. So yeah. I thought, you know, let's let's take a trip down memory lane, baby. Let's crack open a <laughs> Moosehead, and that's what I got for you today. All right, very good, very nice. You got a glass, or are you drinking it straight out of the bottle? Oh, I'm drinking it straight out of the bottle. I mean, I have a glass here, but. I thought it would Fucking just be classy monster. if I drank straight from the bottle. Fucking monster. Okay. So uh, you got the Moosehead Lager. I got something from uh, the brewery Mammoth Brewing Company. And uh, this is called Epic IPA. Very uh, original. It's 6.5% ABV. 6.5% ABV. Um, pack it in. Pack it out. That's what it says on it. It says <laughs> it's a Mammoth original. Mammoth Lakes in California, if you don't know where that is. Uh, I've only been there like twice when I was a kid. And uh, it's a pretty cool place, though. So, yeah, that's what I got. La- the label is whatever. I, I just This is kind of like all they had at the, the liquor store that I hadn't already had. And that's kind of why I picked it up. So it pours very clear. It's a very clear-looking IPA. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm ready to try this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Ooh. Well, that's good. That's real yeah. good. All right. So uh, we have a, we have a three point rating system 
where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So how do you feel about the Moosehead Lager, Jeff, and what would you rate it? It's got it's got a little sweetness to it on the tail end, so yeah. it's it's solid. It's not as heavy as I thought it was going to be. It's not as as burpy as, as like a Heineken. So <laughs> this is good. Heineken's I will uh, really burpy, huh? They're fucking Heineken. Heineken, the normal Heineken, the flagship Heineken beer is disgusting. I oh, legit so think it's fucking disgusting. I could drink that like water. It goes That's down so, so nasty. Smooth. But Heineken lights. So I think Heineken Lights are good because you're getting a little bit of that taste. It's just really light, unfortunately. But, man, Heineken's are just nasty beers. Dude, I love skunky beer. So the skunkier the lager, the better for me. Like Peroni, that is a good skunk right there. Peroni's good. Peroni's hot. Dude, Peroni's way better than Heineken. Way better than Heineken. way better. Because Peroni's a a little little bit better. Peroni's a little dry. Heineken's not as dry as Peroni is. Man, Heineken's so good. It's so refreshing, too. I think it may be like my least favorite beer of like all time. You're so dumb, dude. That's a that's one of the dumb, that's one of the dumbest things you've ever said. No, no, that's pretty. That's pretty stupid. You think it's worse than an MGD? Oof. Yeah, that's what I thought. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> MGD and Miller High Life are, especially MGD, is just terrible, dude. It's terrible. It's nasty. almost like you you, you kind of drink it just to feel like you were in like the 1960s, because that's all they had to drink. I think. I think like MGD will forever just be etched in my mind as a beer people's put their cigarette butts into. <laughs> I know. That's all that's I, what like, I think too. That's all I think about. <laughs> I think about that and like old people, like grand, like old grandpas. Old, well, yeah, old fucking mean racist grandpas putting their cigarette butts <laughs> into their beers. <laughs> that's what it oh, is. Oh God, it's so gross. Yeah, Moosehead. Um, I I would. Uh, I guess I'm I'm getting back into loggers. Like I don't know. I guess, but this is this is good. I mean, it's not setting any records here. But someone on on Beer Advocate said this is like like Canadians Canada Canadian. This is like Canada's Corona, and I I could okay. I would agree with that. This but is solid. Be- way better than Corona. Way better than a Corona. Yeah, Corona Corona regular Corona Extra is, is trash. Corona Light's not very good. It's just usually cheap, and I can throw limes in it and not taste a Corona. Corona Familiar, <laughs> good. That's good. Good. Familiar is good. But uh, I'll okay. do like I'll do two point I'll do two point two five on this one. Not bad, not bad. Probably I'd probably give a Moosehead that I'd give it a two point two five as well. Yeah, that's good. All right, so my my cleverly my cleverly named uh, Epic IPA. This one uh, it's not very good, man. It's just man. I would never, ever go back to it. It doesn't have any, it just tastes like hops and (laughs) there's like no, there's no flavor, real flavor to it except for the hops. Like, I don't know, maybe if, you know, I was drinking this when, you know, we first started drinking IPAs like 12, 13 years ago, but yeah, now this is just not, it's just not a good IPA, just not good. So I'm going to have to give this one, I'm just going to have to give it a one. Just a Damn. one. Give it a shot. Just give it a shot, man. But I would Damn never, song. ever go back to this Epic IPA. Never, ever. And I paid like $4 for this can, for this 16-ounce can. I got freaking ripped off, man. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I got freaking ripped off. So uh, I don't know if you checked Beer Advocate, but Raul did uh, leave a review for mine. He did so, not for mine, which I thought was ah, surprising. I know, right? 
So, uh, Raul, this is what this is what Raul Mondesi said on Beer Advocate about my uh, my epic IPA. He gave it a three out of five on uh, on Beer Advocate scale. Uh, and this is what he said: kind of like Raul's grade point average in junior high, three down the line. It's okay, but Raul has also had a girlfriend that was okay, and Raul and Raul kicked her <laughs> to the curb. So, if you want a beer that you drink, then kick kick to the curb. Have at it. Damn. Damn, man, that's brutal. Fucking Raul's brutal. Was but he saying like he was he was smart and then also like had a girlfriend in middle school that that was he was that was cool? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, just a girlfriend that was okay, but Raul, but he kicked her to the curb. So is he saying like he he was he settled in middle school? That's why you shouldn't well, he, settle for this beer. He settled he settled in middle school with three point oh great great point average. That's solid. That's a good. That's, and a, then, good, that's, a, good, that's a good GPA. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, but that's good. He, he also he also had a girlfriend that was okay, but then he kicked her to the curb, and that's much like this beer. So I am fucking Raul, man. Well crafted reviews. He has the best reviews. I he I does. Just, he 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 should have. He should, I don't know. We already talked about. It. He should have like a Twitter and fucking post all this shit on there too. Just but, yeah, go back and then re repost them. Is what he should be doing. <laughs> He could probably like monetize that shit because he's really he's very clever. He could easily monetize that stuff. Well, he'll become huge, Somehow. and then he'll he'll uh, forget about us that found him, and then he will yes. um, pretend like he never knows us. And that's that's how it'll go. That's how it usually goes. Yeah. Move on to bigger and better things. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay, so let, let's move on to our vinyl pickups. Uh, and what do you got? Go pick up. Pick up. Uh, first things first, and okay, yeah. that is the Mars Volta. The I got no list. I got my Francis the Mute this uh, this past week. Yeah, and I'm 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 happy with it. I, I've got nothing really, I, nothing bad to say about it. I um, I don't I don't care that the last side is etched. It would be cool if it wasn't. If it was something else, but it'd be cool if it was the Francis the Mute song. It makes sense, um, yeah. but. It's it's not it's not a big deal. I think everything about this is is great. The jacket's great. I actually took because it comes with the inner sleeves, you know, like the cardboard inner sleeves. Yeah, yeah. So I took two of the cardboard inner sleeves and put those in the middle part of the trifold, and then I okay. put two discs on the left side and then one disc on the right side because oh. I hate putting disc in and out of that fucking middle one. I do too. That's a good call. Pain in the ass. I know it's so annoying. You have to like find some place to spread out the entire thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hate it so much. That's a very, good call. very obnoxious. But yeah, that's what that's what I did. Okay. You know, take note. Take note. But um, <sighs> this is that is a great record, man. This is yeah. Dude, this is fantastic. I listened to this three times this week, and every time <laughs> it was just it was absolutely killer. It sounds phenomenal. So I'm super happy with that. After the debacle of Delaus with Vinyl Me Please. This is just oh, dead, yeah. dead quiet. I, is this colored? Or no, you got this one from no. Clouds Hill, right? Yeah, this is from this is directly from the the shithole Clouds Hill. So <laughs> it's black, but uh, I know it's great. Everything about it's great. I'm happy with it. All right, awesome. I'm happy. So, and I can't wait till you get your amputation. Stoked. Um, well, okay. Don't hold your breath, but all right. Well, I know you got it, just like you got the uh, the melancholy box set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two things I would never buy. <laughs> but now I got to wait for Bedlam for a whole another month. 
You seriously so, wouldn't buy Amputexture for like twenty five dollars. Twenty five? If you said and if you said no, you're fucking out of here. You're stupid. You're just straight stupid. Is it new yeah, or is like, it used? It doesn't matter. Used or new, it doesn't matter. You wouldn't buy it for twenty five dollars. Uh, yeah, you're st- the fact that you're even pretending to hesitate is just stupid. I think the it's only silly boy talk right there. The only other one I wouldn't buy besides Amputexture is Octahedron. That's okay, it. I understand that. I'd I understand buy Nocturne Kit before I bought Amputexture. First, first, worst, dude. Just I don't think you've ever listened to Amputexture. I think every time we've talked about it on the pod, you've never actually listened to it. Because had you listened to it, you wouldn't be so harsh. It's not bad. It's just just kind of boring. It's perfect. That's why it's perfect. It's a, it's a snooze fest. It's not. You're the only person. I think you're the only person ever that would say that is a snooze fest of a record. That doesn't make any sense. Eh, me and Omar. Omar actually texted me earlier and said, "Yeah, sorry about that one." Snooze I know fest. He's lying. No, he, I, he's he's lying to you. He's just trying to make you feel better. Mm-mm. But he's lying to you. He he's not. Because I, I I talked to him yesterday and he was we were talking about amputexture. And he actually mentioned that he today too. He, he said he said I talked to Tyler yesterday. Don't tell him that he's a cuck. But everything I told him was a lie. <laughs> so. That's what he said. I mean, I, I don't I don't believe that at all because Omar oh. is much nicer than that. He, he would never he would never call me out like that. Mm, well, I, I know, know him better like than he knows himself. I know I know him better than he knows himself. So, <laughs> what are we talking about? Let's move on. Where, unless you unless you got anything else on Francis. No, it's it's a it's a it's a perfect album. Francis, is fucking phenomenal, and, and it's I I love it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Very great. So next thing, um, couple, couple, couple blue stuffs here. Couple blue stuffs. I'm almost okay. done with my blues, but my blues black, blues black. Dude, I still can't this even say it. a tough it. one, man. Blues black. Oh my god! <laughs> my backlog of blues music. Your blues backlog. So you almost I, just said it. You almost said I blues backlog. I, I did. I almost said it, but I caught myself because I'm I'm better than that. Dude, why is that so hard? Tongue twister. Sally sells blues music. Seashells. So BB King, his album "Completely Well" this is 1969. If you saw the popular or the, if you saw the cover, it's a very popular cover. It's a recognizable cover. I recognized it. That's why I immediately kept it when I was going through him. Um, mm-hmm. Had his like had the hit "The Thrill Is Gone." He won a Grammy for it. It might even be like his most popular song. It's on this album. Great album. It's blues rock. Like straight up blues rock. It's not like Delta blues influence, mm. Chicago blues. It's like blues rock. There's a lot of drums. There's a lot, lot of bass, that, and there's a little bit of R and B in there. It's 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 great. It is amazing, and it's just like after hearing so much of this of this blues stuff and a lot of the Delta blues stuff that I have, and then moving on to this, and it's just like how many times can I hear the same fucking twelve bar blues song over and over, <laughs> but still but still not even get tired of it. Like that's yeah. It's irritating, kind of. <laughs> I love it, man. I love Delta Blue stuff. It's so the good. same shit. It's like over oh, and every over fucking time. <laughs> every fucking time, but it's so good. Fun stuff. And then the other blues mm-hmm. one I got, the other blues backlog that I got is this guy mm-hmm. named Lightning Hopkins. Ah, yes. Good stuff. His his album on stage. It was a album we released nineteen sixty two, and this guy was cool. Like I don't I don't really know anything about this guy other than. Other musicians qu- or uh, say he's like an inspiration for them, but 
This guy was discovered by Blind Lemon Jefferson when Hopkins was like eight years old while they're both mm-hmm. at the same church. He was just kind of fiddling around with the guitar and Blind Lemon Jefferson was like, holy shit, this kid's pretty fucking good. And then they play together a bunch. And he was supposedly, Hopkins like supposedly the only person Blind Lemon Jefferson ever let play with him live. Oh, that's wild. So that's that's something to be said, you know? He he primarily played acoustic guitar, right? I don't think he ever did played any electric. He I so could like, be wrong, but what's what's unique about him, like his play style is basically he plays all tracks himself. He plays the rhythm, he plays the lead, and he also plays like the percussive yeah. elements. So he's he's the foot's going, like his fingers are are hitting the body of the guitar while his thumb is plucking while the left hand is trying to hit that those those low you know rhythm parts on the on the low strings and he's doing it all yeah. and it's it's not i mean it's it's not my particular favorite it's not as as melodic and catchy as some other stuff is but listening to it knowing what he's doing for at the time that he was doing it is just uh it's 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 impressive it's remarkable ahead of its time really Yes, and he he spent most of like ninety percent of his life in in and around Texas, that area, and even like when he stopped kind of playing blues music, he even had a rad poetry reading career, where he just like oh. read poetry around whatever town in Texas he was born in, and and for a time when he when like the big folk revival revival happened, he was trying to get in on it and and playing shows and in that era. And his backing band for a very brief period was the 13th Floor Elevators, the psychedelic band oh, from Frisco. Yeah, yeah. Like that I, I didn't know that. That dude, that's fucking insane. That's, that's crazy. That that I don't. That doesn't make any sense. That's some shit I really, really want to hear. Oh, I would love to hear that too. That'd be awesome. So you know, this it's cool stuff. It's cool stuff. A lot, a lot of history with these blues musicians. So what else you got? Ah, Moose dude, that's it, baby. I got another Surf Punks. Remember Surf Punks? Oh, yes. Yes, that one record's so good. Surf Punks. I got their album called Surf Punks. This is their first album, 1979. And uh, we talked about it before. They're from Malibu. They're a surf band. Most of the lyrics, they're not like surf-related, but they're also very localized to SoCal lingo. And then a fuck ton of surf lingo. So like, if you've never even seen the beach... If you don't know anything about surfing, <laughs> half of what these guys are saying are going to go completely over your head. But this is, it's fun. It's not like, it's not like punk in the, like the black flag sense, but yeah, they're playing fast and they're playing poppy, but this, it's just poppy because of the subject material. You know, they're talking about surfing and talking a lot about girls in bikinis and big boobs and boogie boarding and drinking. <laughs> so like, it's just, it's just goofy shit, but yeah. it's damn good. And I got this at the record show and it was sealed. So I was, oh, nice. I was pretty okay. excited about that. And of course I fucking ripped it open because I can go, fuck. <laughs> I listened to it. It's good stuff. I kind of wonder, it. I wonder, you know, how with Skip, we don't know some of the, what he says, like his lingo and certain things he says, we, we just don't know what it is. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if it's the same in this instance where like you and I we know probably everything that's being said on that record, but I wonder how much of it Skip would know. But I mean, there's yeah, there's I mean, there's like hey, like hang loose, right? That's like a big term most people probably know, even if you're not from a beach city. Hang ten, also, right? Yeah, Which you're yeah, riding on the tip of your surfboard, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I I can't even think of like a really. 
like call, obscure one or call it a, 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 a wave a keg, like from the Weezer song. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. sea is yeah, one like a cat, like a keg. It's, it's like a, a, a the barrel. Yeah, that's and then I don't know. There's other there's, there's other stuff too, that now <laughs> I cannot think of anything. Now, uh, that, but, now that you're on the spot, yeah. Yeah, now that I'm on the spot. But yeah, you're probably right. There's there's probably not just him, but just in any lingo. And, and it's, it's fun to see a band like Surf Punks who were so so localized. And one of the guys. There, his dad was like the drummer for the Beach Boys briefly and also for Captain and Tennille. And so okay. that's kind of how like the surf punks got into the music biz. They already had kind of like an in. But um, I mean, their music's not not sending any records here. It's, it's very of its time. It's like this one's 1979 and they are just like one new wave song from being just an 80s band. Because it's they're close, very very close. Yeah, there, there were moments even on the other record that seemed like that. Yeah, like, that, one, really that was nineteen eighty. So good though. Good stuff. Very so yeah, and then the other thing I got before my my pick, my jeans pick. Um, I can't go one week without talking about Grateful Dead, right? So yeah. oh, I was hoping, I was hoping <laughs> we we, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> this is kind of my last one too. I don't think I have anything else after this. Yeah, this is it. Until yeah, I tell you the stuff from I, you. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this is Kingfish, the the band Kingfish. This is their album. This is a live album. Just It's called like uh, Live live and Kicking. Kingfish what is a title. A, yeah, Live and Kicking, baby. This is a band by, uh, or was it was kind of started by Bob Weir. Bob Weir's mm-hmm. dude from the Grateful Dead. And the Live and Kicking album is a live album that they recorded at the Roxy in, in, in Hollywood in the late 70s. And it's solid. It's cool. I dig it. I like it. I don't think it's, like, phenomenal. But I'm going to keep it because I think it's no. weird. Because even though Bob Weir played at this at these recordings, there's, like, four mm-hmm. nights that they recorded this at, he played all of it. He played all of it. But because he had rejoined Grateful Dead at that point. They tried to like go in and cut all of his, all of him out of the album. Like every time that he had like a solo because they wanted to to distance themselves from just being a side project of the Grateful Dead. They wanted to be their own thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Which did not work out for them, but they tried to cut him out. But obviously like if he's jamming along with somebody else, you can't cut him out. So he's still, he's still on this album a lot. But then there's there's parts of it where I was reading a little bit more into it, and you can hear it's a little it's a little choppy. That's because they're taking him out. They're they're taking parts of him out and leaving other parts in, and it just, it just sounds weird. It's yeah, a weird that's flow. So stupid. That just it's so petty. <laughs> it's, it's so petty. It's like dude, At that this point, guy just like just recorded a record without him, you know? And I I don't know, I don't get it. They 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 will they will, but it's just it's just like this guy. I don't know, this this guy starts his band Kingfish, and then they become fairly popular because he's in the Grateful Dead, and that's just mm-hmm. that's just the name of the game. That's just the way it is. Like, don't get mad at that. You know, don't yeah, be I mean, envious of that. If he wants to go back to the Grateful Dead, that's that's his choice. Like, don't be envious. Don't get jelly. Don't be green. <laughs> Move forward. Embrace it. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, that was that was that was that. That was your but, Grateful Dead. Yeah, um, I, I have a lot of backlog too, so I've been oh god taking my time. But that's but it. At least now, now you're done until I see you next. So that's good with my Grateful Dead stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll go to right. the record store next week, so I'll see what happens. <laughs> There's still plenty of stuff out there. I mean, I I probably have of like the Dead Family stuff. I probably have less than half of the albums available. Oh my god, that's not even. Maybe like twenty percent of them. That's so silly. Are you going to get any of the John Mayer stuff? See, like post like 1990, there's a lot of there's these things called Dick's Picks, and mm-hmm. they're just they're going back now. And then, oh my god, dude, like we could Grateful Dead was just a, an amazingly innovative band. Also, let's let, let me go back a little bit. So, what the Grateful Dead <laughs> used to do at their concerts it was they would they would allow fans next to the soundboard, and they'd allow fans to plug in to the soundboard so they could get better quality recordings. Yeah, and in doing so. You think like, why would you want that? Like you're 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 missing a market. You could release it yourself and make money. Well, like now they're building that fan base to where rabid fans are going to be in search of those things. So when they do re-release something that has already been available for 15, 20 years, but when they release it on like an authentic dead dead family label, everyone's going to want it because they've been hearing it for decades and decades. And they're mm-hmm. building this fan base. They're building this rabid fan base. So the Grateful Dead has been has been tilling like fucking uh stardew valleying they're farming right they've been just farming for <laughs> decades and now they're still coming out with live albums that are from like 1970 1975 1980 but dick's picks is this long-running uh, compilation thing that they that they keep putting out like year after year after year after year so Mm-hmm. Yes, I want to continue buying Grateful Dead live stuff because I think it's all great and it's all different. But I know there's no end in sight. I know it's just an infinite <laughs> amount of stuff. And then, like even even for Record Store Day, they were supposed to release the first album from the Jerry Garcia Band, and it got delayed because the pressing plant fucked up, so it didn't come out for Record Store Day. And so if you follow like the Grateful Dead online or on the Instagram best, or the Jerry Garcia Instagram, it'll come out even. No, it's fucking good. It's phenomenal. Jerry no, Garcia's, I mean, it's probably it, it's probably for the best, like price wise. That's what I was me. That's what oh I yeah yeah for sure for sure for sure. Because the, the demand the ma- the demand won't be as crazy for it, so you're more likely to get it. He he is at his best when he's not in a strictly psychedelic band format. When he's when he's just letting loose into his like country and his folk, that's when he's like at his best. And I just I love his noodling at that point. I think it's it's damn near unmatched. But I don't know what your question was. I just like talking about the Grateful Dead because they're so no, goddamn fine. good. That's fine. That's like every week it's, it's something new. I like every week. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, my last thing here, the last thing I got is a Funkadelic album. I got Uncle Jam Wants You. This is their tenth album, nineteen seventy nine. This is kind of the follow up to their previous album, One Nation Under a Groove. And uh, I got this, this. This was at Grace Records. It was super cheap because the jacket was beat up. And I don't know why people used to do this, but somebody had sharpened their name all over it oh, on the jacket, on the fucking disc. So it says like <laughs> Samantha Robbins or some shit. I don't fucking know, but that's why it was so cheap. It's $7. That's wild. I, mean, that's I would good. never. The song was good. Dude, I would never pass up a Funkadelic Parliament album for $7. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't never. either. It's silly. But yeah, this is uh, this album is is notable because on the first side, the first side is two tracks. First track's five minutes. The second track's almost sixteen minutes long, and it's it's just a it's not crazy or nothing. It's just a groove, and it just grooves the entire time for like twelve minutes. Is the same thing, 
just over and over and over and it grooves and there's a lot of noises and there's a lot of yelling and giggling and laughing and it just sounds like such a fun time. Yeah. But the song that I, I chose mean, called Uncle Jam, side two, first track. That's ten and a half minutes. It's long, but it's a lot of fun. It's it a was, lot of it's, fun. It's a good time. So here's here's a little bit of it. I'm not gonna play obviously I'm not gonna play all ten minutes. So here it is, Uncle Jam from Funkadelic. Here you go, Uncle Jam from Funkadelic. So good. It's so it's just fun. Straight up fun. It's good stuff, man. And I could tell it's obviously not on Spotify because you Yeah, what the hell, dude? I was so mad because I had to search for the YouTube video of it. So irritating. (laughs) Your irrational hatred towards YouTube is still boggles my mind. It's bad. I I dude, I I, there's there's certain things I just won't watch because it's on YouTube. It's annoying. So yeah, well, yeah, fuck, I don't care. This album's cool. It's it's kind of, it's kind of like a concept album. It's it's a two-parter from One Nation Under a Groove, which was the album before it, and that's kind of like um there's this whole story of 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 what was going on and and like this this fake nation that that they were talking about. I can't remember what the fuck it was called. They be, like mm-hmm. like the the concept was basically the and, and the other one was was promoting this nation they wanted you to join whatever it was of one nation under a groove and they wanted you to join it and this one is is it's more of like a militant mindset towards it now now they're 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 it's like propaganda almost and the cover art is is I think it's George Clinton sitting on a chair similar to that of like Huey Newton from the Black Panther Party and the way he mm-hmm. sat in that iconic picture in that chair and so now it's it's a more militant approach to joining it and the things called you know uncle jam wants you like uncle sam yeah, wants and it's you a to very, join and it's a very like marching band kind of patriotic sounding song yes it's cool man yeah it's good shit dude this is this this band every time i listen to this fucking band I'm just like blown away they're so good i mean they were popular for a reason and yeah they're fucking fantastic I still don't understand 
because I didn't do like a lot of research on it, but I don't understand the relationship between Funkadelic, Parliament, and the Parliaments. What I think yeah, it I is, I don't know, it, is George Clinton was in the Parliaments as a because that was like a doo-wop group as a singer, and then the Parliaments split and eventually formed Funkadelic and Parliament. But I don't think George Clinton ever really besides like producing and writing a little bit here and there, I don't think he had his hands really, really on either project. I think he just let them kind of do their own thing and was just a part of it rather than a leader of them. Or maybe like guided them a little bit. I don't know. That's what I don't understand. But I mean, George Clinton, they call him Dr. Funkenstein. (laughs) That's the coolest fucking nickname of all time. It is. How old is he? Let's see. Let's see how old he's, dude, he must be, I'd say almost 80 by now. Yeah, he's probably around that. Oops, I just typed in George and hit enter. Who you go, Clinton? Uh, George Clinton? No, I just went. I just went to like a map of someplace. Georgia. <laughs> uh, he's eighty years old. Fuck, I was on the nose. Right on, yeah. Fuck, eighty years old, born nineteen forty-one. That's wild. And he's still out there playing shows too. Eighty years old. Oh, and Bootsy's on this on this on this song too. I don't know if he plays on and this how entire old is Bootsy album. Collins now. Bootsy's got to be about the same age. Let's see. Let's see. Maybe Bootsy a little bit Collins. younger. Bootsy Collins. Uh, he's sixty-nine. Nice. Damn. Eleven years younger. Another solid fucking musician right there. There, he's just. <clears throat> on that that weapon of choice. That's that's him. On that, I didn't know that until this when we I talked about that, it in the yeah. Discord. That's Bootsy Collins doing all that <laughs> shit on the vocals on Weapon of Choice by Fat Boy Slim. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. That's hilarious. That's so cool, though. So I met cool. him, too. A nice guy. When did you? At Nam? Yeah. Did you really? Was mm-hmm. I there? I mean, no. if you were there, you would have met Bootsy. Yeah, I don't remember meeting Bootsy. So no. I, probably, I probably wasn't. But it was on the picture. And on the same camera roll, it was with me with Scott Schreiner, me with Pat Wilson. You were those. You were there for those. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You were there for Pat Wilson? I was there for Pat, but I wasn't there for Scott. What? So then you you must have gone a day I didn't go. That's probably what. I, yeah, because you did go one day, and that's when you met Scott and you met somebody else. Head from Corn. Oh yeah, and you met Head from Corn, the fucking that only member of that band I've never met. You never met him. He's the only member of Corn, yeah. past and present, that I've never met. He's a nice guy. We talked for a long time. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. he was. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, you I'm like sure him. You great. like him. Oh, I'm sure I would. He's my favorite <laughs> member. One of my favorite guitar players too. Never met the guy. Anyway, anyway, you got anyway. anything else about Funkadelic? No, that's that's all I got. I added them to our list too because I really want to do a, a Funkadelic thing. Just yeah, maybe dead. we will. Just maybe we will soon. All right, so uh, let's jump into mine real quick. I got five, including my my pick of the week. So the first thing I, the first two things I have here, I picked up from a record store in Long Beach called Dex Records. Very very small place, like the si- smaller or. A little bit smaller than my living room. Very, very tiny place. And um, this one, I, I gasped. I gasped and I said, oh, fuck. And it was Valiant Thor, their mm. their second record, Total Universe, man. Uh, this was only $8. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I would have bought it if it was like $35. I, I was I just seeing it. I was so stoked. I was so happy. And I was like, and I and I was at the point of my my digging at this store where I'm like, I'm not gonna find anything. Like, 
Like this is at the tail end. Like this is the last of the last shit I was looking at because I looked at ev- literally every record in that store I looked at, and this was the last of it. So I, I in my mind, I was, I was <laughs> thinking in my mind that I'm not gonna find. I'm gonna walk away, you know, with goose eggs this this, this time around. But yeah, I come across this Valiant Thor, and I was just so elated. I was so happy. I was trying hard not to. I was trying hard to contain my excitement, and um, so I pulled that out immediately, put it under my arm for safekeeping, and <laughs> um, and then and then like two minutes later, I come across the used record. Their their record vulnerable for like eleven dollars, and uh, and this is this is a solid record from the used. This is um, their fifth record, uh, the first one that they did with Fe- coming back to Feldy, and then of course when you look at it, Feldy co-wrote almost every fucking song on it, but. Yeah, that, that that was my that was quite the score for that uh, for that day. But back to Valiant Thor, that Total Universe man, their second record, it is one of the coolest records ever. It's just, it's just so cool. Outside of like how good the music is, it's just fucking cool as hell. And you'd agree with me, I know. I mean, that's a, that's a that's a good way to put it. Is that it's it's cool. It's yeah, it's unique because they really did. They're all in. They, they didn't half-ass the lore. They didn't half-ass themselves. They were all in for the concept. And it wasn't just like a concept album or like a concept band. It seems like they legit, what I like to believe is that they legit believe everything that they they talk about. <laughs> they believe that they're from the planet Venus. Yes. <laughs> Even when you go to their Wikipedia page, I haven't been on it in years. And I go, I went on it today and it says, this is a band formed in, you know, 2000. Uh, and they're from Venus, originally from Venus. That's what it said. I think it said originally from Venus. Yeah, it doesn't say like they, they they claim they're from Venus. They <laughs> say they're from no. It says they are from Venus. So they are from Venus. Yeah, as a fact. <laughs> oh, they're such a cool band. Oh, they're so cool. I I will say there's only two records of theirs that I don't like, and it's the first one, and then their last one, Old Salt. It's just not. That was wildly disappointing. But everything in between, absolute perfection. Mm. absolute perfection and yeah total universe man does not disappoint whatsoever it sounds so good my my copy just sounds so good it's so clean like no surface noise i mean i i lucked out it's I so really cheap out. too like that's, i know that's well, remember so i got that cheap. other i got that other valiant thor record for eight dollars like a few weeks ago at Porter's crazy so i mean i fucking lucked out totally lucked out do you ever like like audibly say like oh shit at a record store or like what the fuck? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the Valiant Thor was one of them. The last one was when I came across that golden record at White Rabbit. Oh yeah. I, I gasped and I went oh fuck. Yeah. I just sometimes you just come across things that you're just so happy about. You just, you just don't expect to see it. Like especially when you're just so down and out. Like like I was at Dex Records. I was so down and out. I just nothing. I literally found nothing. And then Valiant Thor just comes out of nowhere. Fucking so good. Save the day, baby. So it really did. Yeah, and then the use too. Check out the, their fifth record, Vulnerable. It's pretty. It's a pretty solid record. Yeah. Uh, and then the next three, I got. Uh, when did I get these? Yesterday. Wait, was it yesterday? It was Sunday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Um, I picked these one. These ones up from where the hell was I yesterday? Oh, Black Hole Records. Black in, Hole Sun in Fullerton. Um, I picked up two JFA records. Oh. I picked up their first record, Valley of the Yakes. This is their first record, right? Came out in 83? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. 
Uh, and then I also picked up their untitled record. So I assume this is their second one. It came out in yeah. '94 because there's not there's like no information on this fucking band. There's not a lot at all. It's yeah, all so through like I, interviews and stuff. So I figured you know more about it than I would. Uh, unfortunately, the Valley of the Yakes is uh, is a bootleg, but it uh, it sounds great. I, I have no complaints considering it's a bootleg. I have no complaints whatsoever. It sounds fantastic. I mean, so nah, eh. like I'm not, I said, I'm not upset you, about it, but yeah, like, like, dude, I, I've only seen JFA that album Valley of the Yakes once. And I didn't even see it in the. I didn't see it in person. It was on Grace's um, Thursday night thing that they do. The new releases for Friday, yeah. and they open at ten. I got there like eleven thirty, and he was already sold. And he said he sold it for like sixty bucks. So I've never even seen it in person, and you've only seen it technically once. The official once, yeah. Glass House, and then I, I mean, bought that immediately. It was fifty yeah. bucks. They just so happened to have a sale that day, but fifty bucks for that record, and it's like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes long. I know it's so short. I I didn't pay fifty dollars for the bootleg, but I paid for. Wh- I pretty much paid what it's going for on Discogs. The Dude, bootleg, this is a so. this is a band that I mean now you now you're a firm believer too. This is a band that is. I just don't. I I, I do understand. I just think it's so interesting how, again, like I said, I think last week or the week before, how surf culture and skate culture like permeated the desert and soaked into Arizona to make. Mm-hmm this this black flag kind of beach boys mashup thing i would say more dead weird. kennedys than beach boys yeah no you're right dead kennedys because of, because of ray and yeah. and the way he played his guitar it was, it was clearly a, a huge influence on their music it's it's very was it's just crazy it's just, it's 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 impressive and i i absolutely love jfa that is out of all like the arizona bands out of all the bands I've discovered since we've we've been collecting, that's my favorite. I think more so than Jimmy World, huh? Well, I mean, since we started collecting. Oh, okay, right, okay. yeah. Because I mean, I maybe I would have I would have discovered J or we discovered JFA at some point, and we've heard of them mm-hmm. in Sublime Song, but just never really got into them until I moved yeah. out here, and then I was like, I wonder what the you know what the scene was like, <laughs> and like the Meat Puppets. I know like people love the Meat Puppets, but. Uh, yeah, they're they're cool. Uh, they're cool. They're they're I, I okay. I don't go out of my best. way to listen to them. I don't go out of my way to listen to them. But they're they're basically they're borderline cool. fucking alt rock. They're 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 eh, <laughs> at best. But there's a lot of cool Arizona <laughs> bands that I've that I've been I've been getting into. All right, all right. So yeah, the the, the JFA records are are oh, really so really great. And you got like pamphlets um, with them too and shit. Yeah. Fucking so the the untitled cheap. one, it's it's a, that's an original pressing. And uh, and it does it does come with the the original the original flyer for the tour, and then the the Valley of the Yakes, it, yeah, it's a it's a bootleg from like 2016, but it has like a printout of the original pamphlet, which is cool too. Like that that's a pretty solid bootleg when you when you're literally putting in like a, a an old copy or like a a new copy of an old flyer. That's pretty rad. Yeah, in 2016, so. that was, I mean, that was before vinyl got big again. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing whatever they can to make a bootleg sellable, you know? Yeah, yeah, so that's, absolutely. Uh, no, that's solid. I mean, it's good mm-hmm. shit. Oh, it out. Which one did you like um, more after this? Uh, I liked, I'd have to say I like Valley of the Yakes better, but even then, I, I don't. 
It'd be Valley of the Apes. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's two direct like covers of of Surf songs on there. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Oh, so good. <laughs> it is, and and I was kind of thinking that this reminded me because the the bootleg I got is it's it's like a it's not 180 grams. It's probably like 150 or 160. It's a little bit heavier, but then. It made me think today or yesterday, Fat Mike from No Effects posted on his Instagram that I guess they 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 pressed forty copies of their new record on six hundred gram vinyl. Six hundred. Six hundred gram, and and he he did like a short little unboxing and opened it and took it out, and sure as hell, man, it's fucking thick. And then and he's like, yeah, it even plays, and he threw it on his turntable, and it played perfectly fine. Damn. <laughs> it's so it's so stupid. It's so unnecessary. He's like, yeah, forty repressed, and I have two of them, and I'm gonna give one of them away. But there's only forty of them pressed. Yeah, forty of them. Dude, of them those pressed. are gonna go. Those are, those are gonna go for insane money. Oh yeah, in the aftermarket, absolutely. What an asshole, but, dude! What a what a waste, man! <laughs> like all this all this vinyl shortage, and I you know. fucking press is six hundred. <laughs> I mean, in the end, it's not a lot. I mean, obviously, it's not a lot, but you know, just. The principle of it is it's just like, dude, it's so wasteful. <laughs> well, he's pressing 40 of them. Each one is like essentially five records. If he times yeah. 40 by f- times five, that's 200. 200. So yeah. instead of pressing 40, he could have pressed 200. That's like but some that's, local band, you know, trying to press a record. And they can't but because that's Fat cool. Mike, but Fat Mike it. decides to do 600 gram fucking copies of their new record. That's not even that great. Because he's so. totally not a sellout or anything. <laughs> they have a song called Sellout, too. Yeah, well, yeah. Not on that record, but uh, okay. So that that leads into my pick of the week. This one I also picked up from Black Hole. Uh, this completes my Nirvana collection. This is all. This is this. I have everything I want from Nirvana now, uh, and this is their live record from the Muddy Banks of the Wishka. This is like a comp live record. Um, I pretty much wanted this because I grew up listening listening to this album just so many times. My favorite Nirvana song is only on this record. Uh, spank through which is technically like their first song and uh yeah and i i just i have so much nostalgia for this record and i remember the first time i heard this it was i was over at kyle palo's house for his birthday in like seventh grade and and a mutual friend of ours named danny was at the birthday party too and he and i was just getting into nirvana and he throws on this this cd the muddy Banks cd and he's like, yeah, have you ever heard it smells like teen spirit like this? So he turns it on and turns that, that song on track number five. I remember track five, he turns it on. And I just listening to the live version of that made me feel the same way I felt about the, the nevermind version. Like it, cause they play it so much faster than the studio version. And just, and then I immediately after that, I went to, I remember I went to Best Buy and bought the CD and I just, I listened to, I, I listened to it so many times. So I, that's why you chose oh, smells like why, teen spirit yeah. okay because this like it didn't revitalize my love for nirvana but it just made me i just looked at them from a different perspective because at this point i had only had nirvana i'd only had nevermind and bleach i hadn't had in utero or incesticide yet so then i bought i bought this cd and that was the first time i ever heard sliver and and a couple of songs from or yeah sliver and benison were the only yeah i never heard those songs prior it's good stuff man so my, it's my pick of the week. Um, is smells like Teen Spirit because I I think this live version is it's so cool, man. That guitar the guitar tone too. Oh, so good. Here we go. Okay, it smells like Teen Spirit from Nirvana.
there you go a live version of smells like teen spirit a song everybody has heard a thousand times but it's still a great song i mean regardless of you know how burnout you can get from it it's still a fantastic fucking song and i love that they play it that much faster on this one so what do you think of it I am I am that percentage that is completely burnt out on it. I don't like the song anymore. I'm you completely just don't like over it. At it. All? <laughs> not really. No, honestly, like I just I I did not understand why the fuck you chose this. And <laughs> after listening to this, I had to listen to the rest of the album after Teen Spirit just to get mm-hmm. that taste out of my mouth. <laughs> I just because it's not a bad song. It really isn't. No, it's, it's, a, it's a great song. Obnoxious! It like it's it it's really obnoxious. It's an obnoxious song. I don't like it. But it's only because you've heard it a thousand times. Like if if you had heard it maybe like a dozen times, you're like, okay, this is really really good. But yeah, you're burnt out on it after thirty years. You're burnt out. I I know I know I I don't I didn't I didn't enjoy it. No, I I do respect <laughs> that they played it faster. Yes, and I like that they didn't have the rhythm guitarist play with him. So you can, you can clearly hear like him stomping the box going from the clean to the distortion. And there's a, I mean, it's not like smooth or anything. It's janky. (laughs) I like that. That's That's cool. That's the charm of it. Yeah. But I still don't like the song. Dude, his guitar tone and that when when he hit, when he hits that, that fuzz box or whatever, going into that chorus, it is so crunchy. It sounds so, so good. I love it. Absolutely love it, this tone on this. But the, the entire live record, I mean, the record spans from like songs from 1989 through 94 from different random shows. Um, but every every one of them, I, I feel like it was like mixed really well. And just the everything about it is just, I love this live record. Even though it's not like a cohesive thing, still love it. Yeah, everything sounded great. My My favorite from this particular one, I mean, mind you, I didn't listen to the first four or five songs because... It was just after Smells Like Teen Spirit, but Tourette's, yeah. I oh, thought yeah. that was, that's probably my favorite one from this album. That was a good, that, that's, I think, I feel like that's a better rendition of the song than the one on In Utero. Yeah, it, it sounded, it sounded more like punk, I guess. Yeah, it sounded more just, it. Um, or not just punk, just, but just more natural. Because there are yeah. parts of In Utero that, that do seem a little forced. A little overproduced. Yeah, maybe a little bit over. Uh, you can fucking get your ass kicked by Steve Albini. Fucking Albini, man. You mad. Cease and desist for not even playing anything, any of those tracks on the pod, on this pod. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's, so that's all I got is uh, is is that. And uh, I guess we could just get into some new music. Sound good? Do we want to play any good. of these songs? I don't think so. I don't have it. Yeah, open. I don't want to play any of them either. But you know, you just run through them real quick. Finish up the pod. Oh yeah, good? no, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, you never want to play anything, so it's that's no surprise to me. It's true. Um, so the the first thing, uh, Serge Tankian, singer from System of a Down, put out a new record called Cinematic Cinematic Series Illuminate. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it'll be interesting, at least interesting. Mm. Um, some new songs. Weezer put out a, a cover version of Enter Sandman from Metallica, and uh, it's not terrible. I like what they did with the guitar solo because they didn't just like redo the guitar solo they kind of weezered it up a little bit a little bit a little bit but and rivers doesn't sing on it i assume it's probably scott who sang on this one but i i can't tell but what'd you think of it i don't i don't care i don't <laughs> care i'm so done with we, dude, we when weezer did covers 
It yeah. used to be like they didn't. I mean, they didn't. They did a lot of them, but it was always like a like a treat. It was always it was it was the cherry on top, and it was just it was a little something extra. Now they're pumping out these covers, and there's no magic in them in whatsoever. True, and true, true. like the Inner Salmon cover, like it's it's not a bad cover, but no, it's, but the song itself isn't that great. Yeah, the source material is not good. So, like, why why do I care? I don't care about this. It's not different enough for me to be like, holy shit, you guys did something really cool. It's too similar, and I don't. I just don't care about Weezer's covers anymore because, again, they've saturated the market. <laughs> well, speaking of Weezer, they they did do a partial cover of Fallout Boy's "Sugar We're Going Down." Like you posted this one, but they only did it live. They've only been playing it live. And I'm wondering, are Fall Out Boy even on this tour? Or did they, they drop out? They dropped out of a couple dates. And by a couple, okay. I mean maybe like 5 or 10% of the dates because of one of their techs or somebody got, got COVID. And so mm-hmm. they just they dropped out for X amount of dates to deal with that. But okay. overall, they're still, they're still on the Hella Mega Super Duper Tour. But what did but you think about this I thought cover? It was, I thought it was better than the original. I mean, I'm not a Fall Out Boy man. I, I think their only good song is... Um, Dance, dance, yeah! Wow, I had a brain fart <laughs> on that one. But no, that, I think that's their only good song. And and Sugar We're Going Down is not a, that good of a song. But when when Rivers does it, when it's just him and the the guitar, dude, it was just he added his own like soft touch to it, and it was it wasn't annoying at all. It was really really good. I really dug it. Damn, it was it was solid, man. Way better. Dude, than this is this is what I'm talking about. This is where like Weezer shines in their covers is when they just even with like the africa cover it just came out of nowhere right it was just something that just appeared because no people were kind of asking for it but nobody expected it and so the africa cover came up the the so happy together cover came up x amount of years ago dude they i mean it was just rivers but he killed this song it, it was amazing and it was cool I do think Follow Boy has a lot of merit. I think From Under the Court Tree is a good, good album. There's a lot of things there. They are very, very technical. They are a very tight band. And for him to dumb it down to where it's just almost acoustic and just, I mean, it essentially is without the acoustic part. But he killed it. It was amazing. I, th- I, thought, it was, I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic too. I mean, he didn't play the whole song, but... It was. Uh, it was. He fun. forgot. Was really well, he forgot a lot of the lyrics, and it looked like it was just like <laughs> yeah. a sound check too. Like it wasn't even part of the set almost. Because well, it looked like the because the person filming it was up like in the nosebleeds, but it, it looked to me like the floor area was like half full, but then yeah. everything around it was full. Right, like, all the seating around were were full. But I don't That's know. why I think like maybe it was before. Is Weezer headlining that tour? No, Green Day's headlining it. Maybe it was before Green Day went on and after Weezer. And then he just came out or something like that because there's no way that the headliner, any 30, 40 minutes prior to the headliner, the floor is not going to be packed. And so, like, for Rivers to come out, maybe if it, they look like a sound check, for him to come out and do something like this. Or maybe maybe there was reduced capacity because of COVID. That is also true. That That's probably, that, that makes more sense, actually. Yeah, probably re- reduced capacity on the floor. And then they probably have to sell like every other seat on the in the actual seating area which makes sense because everybody just stands you know right next to each other anyway but whatever <laughs> but i'm going to i'm going to believe that it was during sound check and he came out and surprised everybody with this gem because this okay. was a gem it was it was it was a lot of, it was really cool uh 
So then this next thing here is not cool at all. It's actually really bad. Uh, but Papa Roach and Fever 333, uh, they put out a song called Swerve. And uh, I, I don't I don't know why they they did this because uh, it's bad, man. It's just it's straight up like Feldy sounding garbage. It's just bad. It's just it's like let, let's throw in like some acoustic guitars on top of electronic beat. Let's try to rap over it. Let's throw in some noises, some like really just unnecessarily loud guitar parts randomly. Call it a day, you know, throw that out there. It's fucking trash. It's a fucking terrible song. Dude, Papa Roach, that, like that guy's got to be in like his mid forties, maybe like early fifties, <laughs> and like Fever Three Three Three, they've got to be like our age they're, or younger. They're not young. Yeah, they're not young, young. But I don't know, man. There's just something about creating a song around the idea of can we just yell and then try and hype people up with just our yelling. And then kind of, like you said, kind of rap over shitty beats. And will it be good? I don't know. But it's like, it's just, who cares at this point? That's what it seems like. I, 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 would, I don't want to say this is a bad song, but it's bad. it is 100% unnecessary. And I don't, I, don't, I don't care. I care less <laughs> about this than I do understand, man. The Weezer cover. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. I, I just, don't care Fever, about that. 333, man. They, they have... They have the energy, they have the potential, but then they work with fucking John Feldman, man. Like, I swear to God, if they worked with, with, you know, Ross Robinson, even Rick Rubin or fucking Steve Albini, even though Albini would probably never work with them. You know, if they worked with somebody who, who actually, like, I don't know, kind of cared, I guess, didn't just try to make a buck, that, see, they could be, their, their records could be really, really good. Their songs could be really good. We When we first... When we first heard Fever 333, we were just like blown away. Yeah. Because I think well, it was a live thing it first. Was a, it was a heard. live, yeah, it was like a live mix of them. Yeah. And it sounded fucking great. And then even even the songs that, that I've heard that Feldy produced and then hearing those songs live like on YouTube, oh my God, it's like night and day how much better those songs are live. It's just, dude, Feldy is terrible, man. I just, I can't stand it. <laughs> that's so frustrating when you know these bands have the have the capability and it's just they're just ruined of for this, oh, this yeah i don't even i can't even talk about it anymore so it's just terrible <laughs> just listen to it and get just as mad as me so because that's fun um the last thing here and we'll wrap it up uh under oath our friend of the pod mike it's they're his boys he loves under oath they put out a new song called hallelujah so underwhelming so underwhelming. I, I also pre ordered this album. Did you really? Ah, oh, dude. To flip? Straight, I mean, of course, yeah. <sighs> and so I'm going to watch because I, cause, cause I bought it through Walmart. You know, and then Walmart, they're, they're, they're a big cut corporation. So <laughs> I'm going to wait till like the week before. And if it's not sold out, I'm just going to cancel my order and get my money back. No big deal. But yeah. I have zero intention of keeping this for myself or listening to it because the song, songs, I mean, I mean, Mike likes it. Boring. <laughs> I know. I thought it was really Come boring. Come on, too. dude. It was really boring. Oh, God. But, but it checked all, love, it, yeah, it, it checked all the boxes for shit people like nowadays. Yeah. As far as like metalcore and, and that. And it's weird because Mike doesn't like this kind of stuff, but he likes this song. So I don't. It must be nostalgia. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Whatever. Whatever. It's Under Oath. Hallelujah is the new song. Check it out if you want. 
But, uh, you know, that's that's all I got for this episode. Do you have anything else? I do not. All right. So go listen to the, the main episode because we, we are getting into Census Fail and their album Let It Enfold You. And we're also going to rank all their records. So get into that. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinai Radio. Thank you all for listening. And that's it. That's all. Do you have a